You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Hour two on this Tuesday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Sunday night, it'll be Ryan Tannehill and the Titans facing off against Aaron Donald, Von Miller, the Rams. Sunday at 7 Eastern on NBC and Peacock. Last night, the Chiefs held on, beat the Giants. They're now 4-4. Four and four. Next up, they got Green Bay, the Raiders, and the Cowboys. Rams traded for Von Miller. Derrick Henry is out, but from what I'm told, doesn't mean he'll be out for the playoffs. There's a chance, depending on how far Tennessee goes, that he would be able to come back and contribute. Jameis Winston, done for the year. Trade deadline today, and I do wonder, do the Saints do anything? If the Broncos have a yard sale, why not reach out and see if Teddy Bridgewater is available? Because it's reckoning time in the NFL with the trade deadline at 4 Eastern. It's hard to figure out who's a contender because you look at the AFC. You got five teams at exactly 500. The playoff picture hasn't cleared up yet through eight weeks. And we know there are a few teams that have basically given up, or at least they want to move on from their veterans. The Broncos trading Von Miller to the Rams. The Texans already traded most of their players, and they're trying to figure out what they do with Deshaun Watson. We'll see if Houston deals Brandon Cooks today. A lot of other teams that are clearly out of it and some big-name chips to bargain with. Will the Bears have a fire sale? How about the Eagles? How about the Giants? What about the Vikings? On the flip side, Kansas City. Do you sell out to get another receiver? You get defensive help here. Can the Bucks find some help in the secondary? Titans, they're bringing in Adrian Peterson. Is there another running back out there? And usually trade deadlines are disappointing, at least for the most part. There is a chance that something could happen and impact the second half of the season. And I started to wonder, I've told you for the last week or so, Deshaun Watson was not going to be traded, just too many legal hurdles here. But some of the other players who could be traded, the Colts running back, Marlon Mack, the Bears wide receiver, Allen Robinson, uh, Jets wide receiver, Jamison Crowder, Deshaun Jackson once out of the Rams, uh, the Giants tight end, Evan, uh, Evan Ingram, um, Jags have an offensive lineman, Cam Robinson, uh, Melvin Ingram, the Steelers outside linebacker, apparently once out. That's sort of what you have here. And, you know, maybe somebody picks up one of these players and that can be a big difference for some of these teams. Yes, Paulie. I have an update on one of the people you just mentioned. Ian Rappaport and a few others are reporting the Steelers are trading Melvin Ingram to the Chiefs in exchange for a sixth round pick. Okay. Just came through two minutes ago. Okay. If I'm Kansas City... Now, I don't know if Denver didn't want to deal with Kansas City, but if I'm Kansas City and Von Miller was there and you got to give up two you know, draft picks there, do you go all in? And would Denver have traded within the division? Probably not. Get him out of the AFC, out of the AFC West, send him to the NFC West. But if I'm, uh, if I'm the Chiefs, I keep knocking on some doors here. If I'm the Buccaneers, you need help in the secondary. Now, you got some injuries there. But these are the teams that are fine-tuning here. The question is, what do you do if you're a team that's sort of mired in mediocrity? What do you trade? And what do you keep? Yeah, Paulie. Also, look at the fallout of the teams that are selling. Like you said, if the Broncos are selling, why keep Teddy Bridgewater? If the Steelers are now selling, yikes. I don't know if the Steelers are selling. I know that Melvin Ingram wanted out, but I don't know if that would designate. I mean, the Steelers just beat the Browns. There should be no reason. Mike Tomlin, I can't imagine that they're going to be selling out. 
Or selling. Yeah, McLovin. I think that was a unique situation where he wasn't getting the playing time yeah. or the rotation he wanted. Yeah. yeah, I don't think the Steelers are selling. By the way, the Eagles have a great corner, Darius Slay. Yeah. If I'm the Bucks or the Chiefs, man, I sell out to try and get him. I don't know if the Eagles are selling quite. They should, but I don't know if they are. You know, are the Dolphins selling? They're out of the playoff picture. Like, there's a couple of teams where you go, oh, they got they got really decision day here, more ways than one. Yeah, McLovin. What's your gut reaction to the Chiefs adding somebody? Like, this has got to help, right? I think anything on defense. That That's all. I mean, you have a couple of guys that have been paid and should be good, should be impactful players. They just haven't been. Although Chris Jones and Frank Clark were good on the final drive there. Honey Badger still... Uh, you know, a really good defensive player, spirited guy, passionate guy. But you're going to need more than that. It's not just the defense that the that's the problem with the Kansas City Chiefs. And usually that's what it is. You're like, eh, that defense, I don't know. They just need a couple of players. The offense, all these penalties, turnovers, that doesn't have anything to do with the defense, or at least for the most part, the defense. The offense just not in sync there. All right, 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com, Twitter handle at dpshow. Coming up, uh, Nick Wright from Fox Sports 1 will join us, and he'll try to convince us, or Kansas City Chiefs fans, the sky is not falling. But uh, those next games, Green Bay, the Raiders, and the Cowboys. Ryan Clark, former defensive back for the Steelers, he'll join us coming up. We'll ask him, it's a copycat league, the rest of the NFL going to be able to replicate what kind of defenses the Kansas City Chiefs have seen so far. There was a moment last night where the Giants had one defensive lineman, seven defensive backs, and they ended up getting two sacks. They almost had a pick. There was an offsides penalty there. And I know that, you know, people have tried to make excuses for Patrick Mahomes. Okay, he throws the ball way too hard for Josh Gordon. And it goes off his hands, ricochets off of one of the Chiefs' uh, helmets, and then there's an interception. That's on Patrick Mahomes. That ball is fired in there and didn't need to be. So as much as we want to blame others, Patrick Mahomes deserves blame here. I know that he's sort of been on scholarship for a lot of people for the last couple of years, and rightfully so, but when it goes bad, you put the blame on him. I go back to what happens with the Chicago Bears. When uh, Justin Fields plays well, it's because of Justin Fields. When he doesn't play well, it's because of the coaching staff. And that's not fair. And the same with Patrick Mahomes. Hey, when everything was going great, you're the greatest quarterback in NFL history. Well, you're not. Now you have to prove it again. And that's what they have to kind of redefine who they are offensively. Because those home run throws... That, that's just not working right now and not going to work anytime soon. All right, we'll get phone calls uh, coming up. By the way, go to the DP Show store and pick up Penny's Bang Biscuits. Now we have jerky in there, and it's uh, all-natural turkey treats. Uh, pick them up. We're really proud of what we've been able to do and donating some of the proceeds to some of the animal shelters that we've picked, available at danpatrick.com. Uh, anything else that needs to be mentioned here in the first uh, first 10 or 15 minutes? Well, I hate to make a left turn here, but McLovin's uh, been scaring us with more shark guy updates during yeah. the break. Oh he heard a podcast or read a story and is trying to inflame us as we go into uh, winter. It's not even beach season. Okay. I made the mistake. All right, I'm going to take the blame. Because New York Times Magazine, cover story a couple of weeks ago, talked about 
sharks, shark attacks, Cape Cod. I sent it to McLovin. You know what you're doing. Yep. McLovin then hears the New York Times podcast. They just read the article. That's the whole podcast. Yes, and it's even scarier when they read it because there's emotion involved in it, and McLovin is now freaked out. You're not going to Cape Cod. I do often go to Cape Cod in the summer, though. Okay. But do you go in the water? I do not, but my two daughters do, and they surf. Okay. Or boogie board. Okay. Why are you freaked out now? The numbers are insane. They did in this story, they had this thing where if you're swimming at a popular beach at Truro, 162 out of 165 hours a week at this popular beach in, in Cape Cod, you are within about 50 yards of a great white shark. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Paul. So if that's true, let's say what he's saying is true, that there's always a shark around and there's only like one shark attack a year. Does that mean they're not really that interested in us? Because they're just sitting there. It's like walking past a buffet, and they're just like, I'm going to cruise on past. Basically, but here's some numbers. There were three injury-causing shark attacks in the entire 20th century in Massachusetts. There were no sharks. There have been, uh, there's been five attacks since 2012. So the, the trend is bad because what happened was they changed the laws and made seals protected. So the seals congregate on the beach, and the sharks follow. And the trend is more and more sharks every year. To okay. the point where they're going to outnumber people. But the, the sharks don't know the seals are protected. No, but the, the, the seals came. There were no seals to be found anywhere in Massachusetts. Then hundreds and hundreds of seals survived the fishermen and started coming to the beach. <laughs> so no, the sharks weren't following the state law. It's a, the seals weren't there until the protection law came. So we save the seals and we have to give up a few people. <laughs> yeah, that's honestly, <laughs> that is the huge political argument right now. Seriously? Oh, there is a war going on in town halls and like there's a huge battle about conservatories versus humans. <laughs> yeah, I just want to say for the record, I'm team SEAL in that. Argument. Oh, you are. OK. Oh, yeah. No, you'd be SEAL team. SEAL team. Oh, SEAL team. Yeah. And he, of course, one of my favorite singers. Oh, you're talking Kiss about. From the <laughs> yeah. Does he have any other hits? I don't know. Was that in a uh, was that in a Robin Hood movie? I have no idea. Speaking of bad accents, was that in uh, that... Kevin uh, Costner, bad accent, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. S- yeah. uh, top songs from Seal, Kiss from a Rope. Crazy is his biggest song. Crazy. Mm-mm. No, no, not... Crazy. <laughs> no. Not no? Patsy Cline. Oh. oh. Yes, McLovin. The best line, uh, in Remembrance Superbad, uh, my namesake McLovin, uh, they show, he shows him a license as McLovin. Who are you, Seal? Yeah. <laughs> One name. But... I don't know if Seals ever... This is Heidi Klum's former husband. Prayer for the Dying, Fly Like an Eagle cover, Crazy, Kiss from a Rose, Mm. Stand By Me cover. All right. He's uh, protected, apparently, by state laws. Yes, he is. Yes. Is there any... Do they give you any strategies when you go in the... with, with, with the sharks? Yeah, shallow water. Don't go out too far if you're at a beach that you know has sharks. So you're not... Dan, you're not scared of sharks? I don't go in the water. Like I, I have no interest in going in. I like seeing the bottom. That's all. Yeah, don't need to go into uh, the sharks or everything. Just like the, yeah, kind of everything. You know, sometimes you get like that seaweed that wraps around your leg, and nah, it, and then you get those little what are those? Um, there's jellyfish. There's like these little uh, stingrays, and then there's yep. those little uh, land shark or. Uh, Mud sharks or something, not land sharks. Land shark, yes, he. 
being eaten alive or mauled by an animal is one of my great fears in life, but I'm way more scared of a bear than I am a shark. Hmm. Yes, Todd, who should be afraid of a bear if we all were yes. you know, encountered but, a bear. But there's also like by the beach, there's like, you know, there's crabs, there's so many, there's other, there's pieces of glass and rocks and you don't know half the time if it's an animal grabbing her, you stepped on something. It's Fritzy is scared worse. while on the sand. He doesn't have to go in the water. I don't water. think it's going to be an animal in the water. I just want to be like about a five foot swimming pool and, and have a nice crayon grape and I'm happy. Yes, McLovin. You know what else is super gross? The bottom of a lake. You ever step or it's a kind pond? Kind of squishy. Yeah. Yeah, Paul. I have a strategy when I go to the beach, when I go to the ocean, is that I find a few big dudes, kind of those Tony Siragusa types, mm. and I try to stay a little more inland of them because mm-hmm. I figure the, the shark would look at me and go, all right, that's medium size, but I'm going to go with the big fellas. Mm. It's a good strategy. In my mind, I think I'm doing the right thing. So I, I don't know where this came from and, so, why it's, and now it's bothered you. It's going to ruin your day. Listen to the podcast. They talked to a woman who was 15, in 15 feet of water off the beach and a shark bit her kayak and threw her 20 feet into the air. Listen to her voice when she's talking about the shark and you will be even more scared of the water. Even on a kayak or even on a cruise ship. I don't care. I don't, I, but I don't go in the water where I, I don't. It, it doesn't scare me. I mean, it does scare me, but it won't scare me because I'm not going in the water, if that makes sense. The reason why I'm not going into the water is because I'm scared, but I'm not scared when I'm on the beach. Yes, Eden. That was a Brian Adams song from Robin Hood. Oh, not Seal? No, Seal was in a Batman movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, That's yeah. That's what yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah Pauline. It's a good call. Batman. Yeah. Bad movie, though. Batman and Robin. Have the, have, has there been a good Batman movie? Oh, yeah. The ones with, uh, what's his name? Heath Ledger. Michael Keaton? Uh, no, you know, American Psycho. What's that guy's name? Christian Bale and Heath Ledger. Bale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Heath right. Ledger kind of made that one. That was pretty good. Christian Bale's good. But Heath Although Ledger it, was the... The voice he does is kind of annoying. But Heath Ledger was the Joker. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah McClung. I remember Tom Hardy did uh, Bane. That mm-hmm. one was okay. And they, they disrupted Big Ben in a Steelers game. I don't know. <laughs> That was pretty good. <laughs> but but it feels like Ben Affleck is still being blamed for ruining Batman. There were way worse Batmans than Ben Affleck. Way worse. <laughs> George Clooney? Terrible. Is Michael Keaton coming back to play Batman? Is this rumor true? Has anyone heard this? I think Val Kilmer was in one. Yeah. That wasn't, that wasn't good. Yeah. I never, I didn't watch any of them. I had no interest in it. Now, I watched the original series. I love the original series, and... In fact, I got my uh, my Batman stuff here on my desk that Adam West sent to me and autographed before he uh, passed away. Yes, Seton. You know what movie's out now that's awesome that you would hate, though? Uh, Dune. Oh, Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, yeah. That That's really good. It's like a, I don't know, Andrew, is that a remake of the... Uh, it's a famous sci-fi novel that they did way back in the day with David Bowie, David. I believe, was in it. Yeah, but this is... Uh, but wasn't it David Lynch? Yeah, Back I think you're day. right. Like, it's just a really famous sci-fi novel that filmmakers love, and it's it's like Star Wars but serious. Is that was that fair, Seed? I think mm, so. Great, <laughs> good <laughs> actors. Some of your favorite actors are in it: Oscar Isaac, yeah. uh, Josh Brolin, yeah. Jason <laughs> Momoa. My uh, wife said had the exact same reaction. We watched it on Friday, yeah. and she was like, "What is this?" And she's like, "Oh, she goes, oh God, is this like Star Wars?" Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, just like that, but better. She goes, "Oh, great." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm no interest in it. No, yes, yeah, McLaughlin. Want to confirm Michael Keaton is playing Batman in the upcoming Flash movie? 
uh, big budget movie. So he's back at 70 playing Batman again. I'm Batman. Who's Flash? Flash is one of the other, like the Flash, like the famous comic. Um, mm. that I didn't read comic books growing up. Really? You no, never... no, none. Zero. None. Yeah, Paul. I always liked the Flash. I thought it was a great outfit. Who wouldn't want to run fast? But what does the Flash do when he gets to the crime scene? What is the special things he could do? Because I know he can get to the crime scene Then quickly. he runs away. Yeah, does he like get the heck out of Dodge? He's like, oh my God, what am I doing here? Yeah. But he does it quickly. Yes, I'm the Flash. I'm Batman. All right, let me take a break here. We'll get phone calls. Nick Wright on loan from Fox Sports 1. Uh, first things first, he'll join us coming up. Take a break here on the Dan Patrick Show. Aging can make it tough to lose weight and keep it off. That's why I want to tell you about M-Drive's new product, M-Drive Lean. Powerful protein supplement for driven guys who want to lose weight, look good, perform their best no matter their age. M-Drive Lean, first of its kind. It's a protein powder formulated with Morosil that's clinically tested blood orange extract that supports reduction in weight, waist size, body mass, it's weight loss backed by real science and helps fuel your daily drive. M-Drive. Go to mdrivedan.com. Try it for yourself. Free shipping, 60-day money-back guarantee, nothing to lose. And it's not easy to lose weight as you age. Visit mdrivedan.com. Try M-Drive Lean. Shed the pounds. Feel better. Perform at your best every single day. You want to feel your best. You want to lose weight. Drink your M-Drive. Go to mdrivedan.com. Try it for yourself. Don't let age beat you. Visit mdrivedan.com. Refind your prime with M-Drive. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Where other vans stop short, Mercedes-Benz vans go far beyond. From their customization options, cutting-edge tech, five-star sales service, financial support crew, Mercedes-Benz vans build-equipped, engineered to be ready for anything, go the extra mile, taking the all-important first step into an authorized dealership today. I just had a source who was listening to the show. We were talking about what the Broncos are doing, and I said they're stockpiling their draft picks, and let's see what happens in the offseason with the quarterback in carousel. My source just said, hey, you're dead on. The Broncos are gearing up to get Aaron Rodgers. That's what they're doing. They're, they're going to, and this may not be the only player they get rid of, but they, they know they have a young nucleus there. Von Miller was expendable, and uh, they're going to gear up, load up, if Aaron Rodgers somehow doesn't want to stay in Green Bay. Nick Wright, first things first, co-host on Fox Sports 1. And uh, I love the uh, the shirt there. You're flying the colors. What's up, Mahomes? Nice. Yeah. I like it. Courtesy of the DB show, which I do have a question. Yeah. How the hell did you get my home address? I, I don't share that. I, it just, just shows up. I don't know that I want Pauly, Seton... Fritzy, certainly not you to know where I live. Paulie, give uh, everybody Nick Wright's home address so they <laughs> sure. can send him some gear. It's a call to Zach. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I actually I got it from uh, Jenna Wolf. Well, I, well, I add her to the list of people I don't need to know where I live. Yeah. What's happening here? Yeah. Well, thank you. Appreciate yeah. the swag. You're welcome. Handwritten note as well, yeah. which I did like. Yeah, that was nice. Uh, aesthetically, was that a win last night for the Chiefs? Uh, listen, when you're a gritty, defensive-minded team like my hometown Chiefs, <laughs> uh, survive and advance, Dan Patrick. That's where the Chiefs are. So here, can I let me let me paint the picture for you? Okay. 
in a, the rosiest terms possible. If I were to tell you there was going to be a team, this team the first month of the season would have a historically bad defense. This team the second month of the season would forget how to play offense. This team the entirety of the season would be on pace to set the all-time turnover record for modern football, and they would have a schedule that includes four playoff teams from last year plus the upstart Chargers. And I told you the midway point, they're a game out of first in the division. Everybody healthy. Just added Melvin Ingram. You might say they might be turning it around. You say, Nick, you're being a little too optimistic. Well, Vegas doesn't agree with you. As you look at the old line for this weekend, Aaron Rodgers coming to Arrowhead. By the way, Aaron Rodgers, they played Thursday. The Chiefs played last night. Seems a little unfair, Goodell, but that's not my business. Uh, the Chiefs are favored in that game. So I say all that to say this. With Derrick Henry out, with the Bengals losing to the Jets, with the Ravens up and down, the Chargers all of a sudden falling apart, aside from Buffalo, I don't think there's a team we can say in the AFC is excellent. And I still believe Patrick Mahomes is great. He hasn't looked like it the last month. So we'll see. I, it was an ugly win. They have to go win two of their next three against the Packers, uh, Raiders, and Cowboys, and then we'll see. But I don't think they're dead. I think it'd be silly to write them off. All right. You look at this team, and you know I wonder what their identity is. Do, do they know their identity after eight games? No, because and, – and that, I think, is being used against them, which the identity has been, we're going to kill you with the deep shot, and teams are taking that away. But, they are, but t- when you take that away, what is available to you is the easy stuff, and they have been correct in betting – the Chiefs won't just take it. And last night on that first drive of the game, they took the easy stuff. They drove all the way down the field, but then they can't help themselves. It's second down. Is that Travis Kelsey in the backfield? Oh, my God, he's lateraling to Mahomes. It's a wasted play. And then on third down, you get a little unlucky, and a ball goes off a guy's face mask. And then those things start to snowball. I just I couldn't believe it, but I was watching the game last night. I'm like, just run the ball. I know it's modern football and you have Mahomes, but if they are giving you eight guys dropping into coverage, then just take the eight-yard runs you're going to get every time, and teams are correctly betting the Chiefs won't be patient enough, and up to this point they haven't been. If they show that patience, they'll have to come out of it, and the moment you come out of it, they kill you because the, the skill is still there, and Mahomes is still, I believe, the most talented player in the league. He just hasn't played like it the last month. Yeah, you start to watch and you wonder, can you be a game manager? And last hour, I liken, I liken Mahomes to Steph Curry. Like, they've sort of reinvented, um, you know, their positions. Yeah. But if I said to Steph Curry, hey, there's all the defense on the perimeter, you got to now take the 15-footer or try to get to the hoop. Is he willing to do – or Trey Young, if I said, hey, you can't shoot the three, you got to go inside. So your mind says, well, that's not who I am. My identity – and I wonder about that with Mahomes. If you say, here's your check down, here's your seven yards, here's nine, maybe throw a home run. Maybe we don't have spectacular players. Maybe we take a Tom Brady approach where we just kind of get it down the field. And that's hard. And I would, tr- I would change the Steph analogy a little bit to not Steph, you take the 15-footer. Steph, you get to the hoop. Steph, we're going to post up Wiseman. And I promise you it'll work because the guy on him is six one. They're putting all their length on the perimeter. Just give it to him. You'll get a layup. And I think at his heart, Steph would be like, ah, I don't know. That doesn't seem like the way we play. And it's just, 
I, I, there were Derek Gore was the running back last night. And I found myself saying, give him the ball. It's, and it's <laughs> even to me, I'm like, what am I talking about? But it was, it, it, the defense is giving that to you. The Chiefs have to be willing to take it. And there is a level of, they're turning the ball over 24% of the time. Yeah. The next highest teams are 15 to 18%. And they're the Jets, the Jags, and the Dolphins. In a weird way, Dan, that is a little reassuring because that is going to regress to the mean. Like, they're not going to be the highest turnover team in the league the rest of the year, but I thought it would regress to the mean last night. They had two more and could have had three. Bill's the best team in the AFC? Right now, you got to give them credit for it. They didn't, I didn't think they were very good this weekend. I mean, it was 3-3 three, three no. at the half. It was a one. It was a, And I saw Josh Allen became the overwhelming MVP favorite after this weekend, and I guess that's a reaction to Brady uh playing poorly derrick henry going down but the bills are the only team that you can say are consistent they had the terrible performance week one other than that they've been really good and the titans had a claim but derrick henry's now done i don't trust the Bengals with that lack of experience as dynamic as they can be the ravens make no sense to me they are at times they look like oh my god they're the best team in football and then at times they need a 66 yarder to beat the Lions, who are the worst team in football, the Chargers looked amazing, and now they've looked terrible. So that is, you know, I the, the NFC is very different. The NFC, I was we talked to Mercedes Lewis today. There's the Packers are seven one. They're in a four way tie atop the NFC because the Cardinals, the Cowboys, and the Rams, and then there's the Bucks. The AFC is not like that this year. Are the Cowboys really good, or do we want them to be really good? Dan, I think they're really good. I. Here, I don't trust Mike McCarthy at all as far as people talk about clock management. I don't know if I trust Mike McCarthy to tell me what time it is, much less clock management. But <laughs> the, the rest of it, Dan, they, they have Micah Parsons is awesome. He's awesome. Randy Gregory, when he's been on the field in his career, has been really good. Trayvon Diggs, to me, is the real deal. You have all that talent on offense. And winning a game like they won last week with a guy who had thrown three passes in his career, I feel like the Cowboys are almost never properly rated because for so long they were overrated by, I don't know if you know, there's some people on national television, maybe even some of my colleagues that are, you know, big, big Cowboys fans. So you talk about them a lot. Um, and so I think sometimes they've been overrated. And now I wonder if they're a touch underrated. Winning that game against a tough Vikings team with Cooper Rush if you fall down 7 nothing immediately, to me, is a pretty gritty, impressive win. He's Nick Wright, Fox Sports uh, 1. Uh, first things first, uh, the first month of the NBA season, got a overwhelming storyline? Well, the Celtics are a mess. I mean, I don't know if you played the Marcus Smart sound, but it's odd to me that Marcus Smart's like, listen, Tatum and Brown, we're proud of them. You're proud of them. Are you the father? You're 27 years old. Jalen Brown's 25. Like, calm down, Marcus Smart. He's like, hey, Marcus Smart's like, listen, guys, even though at Oklahoma State they didn't run ISO plays for me, we need to let Marcus cook. That's how we're going to get going. Uh, that's something. You mentioned the Warriors. Warriors look pretty damn good without Clay. Now, I think it'd be fool, uh, foolhardy to assume when he comes back we're getting the same Clay on the defensive end that we had years before, but they look good. And the Lakers – are going to be a massive work in progress all year until they figure out how they want to play. That's going to take 50 games. And then to me, the overwhelming story is 
is James Harden a great player under the new rules? I don't know the answer to that. He wasn't a great player. He was a good player before he started breaking basketball in a really smart way. What made him the scoring champ was getting in line 13 times a game and shooting a dozen threes a game. He's had one excellent game this year. He shot 18 free throws. Every other game he's been okay. And if he's not great, the Nets are drawing dead. And Dan, I think KD knows it. Do you see KD this weekend? Threw the ball under the stands randomly. That was odd. The next game, he elbows Kelly Olenek, gets thrown out. That was odd. I think KD's a little frustrated. So those are, to me, the stories so far. Exchange, uh, explain the uh, the new rule change and how it's affecting not only James Harden, but you know other scorers around the league. Well, I think it's affecting you know, the three guys it should affect the most are Harden, Trey, and Steph. Steph is leading the league in scoring. Trey has been fine. I, it's affecting a little bit. It's affected Harden a ton. What the NBA essentially said is if there is a foul, but it is generated because the offensive player does what I call a jabroni move or a non-basketball move, uh, you know, tries to essentially trick the ref or trick the defender, we're not going to call it. So what? once upon a time, the only guy who really did it was Chris Paul, and Chris Paul would do it in the open court. He'd be dribbling super fast. No guy was behind him. He'd just stop. Guy would run him over be a foul. It's like, oh, that's kind of smart. James Harden, and again, I give him credit for this, figured out, oh, I can – I can, instead of trying to make a basket, I can try to draw a foul. So he would do things to basically just position the defender's arm between his arms. And then instead of going in a shooting motion, he would just throw his arms in the air. And the NBA said, we're not having it anymore. And it has really affected him, like drastically affected him. And I don't judge him for that. Just like I don't, John Lynch, I don't say, well, John Lynch isn't a great player because under these rules, he wouldn't have been as effective. Harden, Harden was great under the rules he was playing by. They just changed the rules on him, and maybe he could have adjusted. But when you play one way for eight years, like, Dan, I'm sure once upon a time your game had a lot to do with athleticism. For the last 25 years, you've just been an old man jump shooter. It's hard to adjust, right? Yeah. I mean, I would assume. Yeah. You don't play basketball with me, even though I've asked. Have you? Fine. I mean, I asked you to go fishing. I asked you to go to a football game. I asked you to play basketball. But I don't have your home address. I send it to the studio. Probably gets lost with all your other merch. I just, I, I don't know. You sounded kind of desperate. And that's why I, like, I got nervous with your desperation for friendship. Well, Dan, I don't have many friends. I know, I know and that. Oh, I know I that. I thought you were going to be one. And no, you just used me for these takes. Uh, you know, last year I gave you three months of content when I said Texas barbecue sucked. You haven't had me on since. <laughs> and uh, now you just wait. How'd that work out for you? <laughs> I worked out great for you. Yeah. You were like, oh, hey, boys, what's the show prep? Play the Nick sound again. We're going to bring on the grill master. Like, okay. All right, Hall of Famer. Did you did you catch any heat for the uh, Texas? I don't, or- man. I the my Twitter's <laughs> just always on fire. I just mute everyone. I just I you know my Twitter's a one way conversation. Me giving the takes and receiving none of it, which is why I was so concerned when a packet showed up to my house. But it's all right. By the way, uh, I had to point out to the Rams their their Twitter account when they uh, had the uh, Teddy KGB. You all lost. In. Yeah, I know. He lost the, the, the rounders clip. And I, I thought, oh, I like that you're all in, but somebody should have told somebody in the Rams office, watch the rest of the movie. Can I say something real quick about that? I don't know how if we're late. Just real quick on okay. that. I, if the Rams win the Super Bowl, it's fine. The Rams, everyone's like, oh, my God, the Rams. 
Look at how they're running their team. Anyone could run their team like that. If you, me, and Seton were in a who-can-have-the-coolest-car competition and I took all the equity out of my house and maxed out all my credit cards, I'd probably win. But I might be screwed long-term. The Rams, to me, they are, you know, uh, an inventor that knows they've got the next great thing. And they might. But they also might liquidate everything, come up just short, and just be screwed. I think it is an incredibly risky gambit. And if you're the Broncos, he was going to walk for nothing. You got a second and a third for nine games of Von Miller. It's a great move for the Broncos. Maybe the Rams win the Super Bowl. If they don't win the Super Bowl, I think they're in real, real rough shape with the way they're running that team. Let's have Nick back soon, guys. What do you think? Yeah? Sure. Well, well that sure. didn't sound that. that wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> let me try well, that Kyle again. dropped an F-bomb. Let me, I know. <laughs> sure. Let me, let me try it again. Let's have Nick on again, guys. All right. How Absolutely. about tomorrow? Yeah. yeah. Two segments. Well, maybe next hour. Yeah. Next hour? Yeah. I'm not available. I'm going I'm going yeah. fishing with my green bird. <laughs> you're, you're you're going you're looking for friends. Looking for friends. Uh, I'm going to be on the corner of 125th and Lennox in Harlem, America if you want to discuss talk sports. See you guys there. Thank Bye. you, bud. Good to have you on again, Nick. Thank you. Yep, you too. Thanks, that, that's buddy. That's uh, a guy, a really desperate guy looking for a friendship. A little thirsty. Yeah, he is. Yes. That would be thirsty. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, Paul. I disagree with his Rams take. I know he's saying the Rams. Well, let's hold on. Okay. Let me take a break. And you guys could judge what I'm right. All right. Nick Wright, first things first, co-host of Fox Sports 1. We're going to take a break. Paulie has a revelation on Nick Wright's Rams take. Well, easy. It's not a revelation? <laughs> it's a pithy little Don't comment. you guys understand you got to <laughs> sell things in this business? Oh, okay. You gotta... Because what? Coming up next, a pithy little comment yeah, from Paul. you can't do Doesn't that. Doesn't do it? Why the Rams are doing it right. Haven't you ever heard Mike Greenberg sell something that never lives up to how he sells it? Best in the business. Yes, he, he will. He'll be like, coming up, you do not want to miss this. A statistic that will make you sell your house. Yeah, well, not that. He goes hard. Might stay in your car. All right, back after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a new podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? Along with my fellow Pro Bowler, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it. Up On Game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up On Game with me, LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Sunday night, it'll be the Titans. This would be where I normally go Sunday night. Derrick Henry and the Titans head to Los Angeles to battle Aaron Donald and the Rams. Sunday, 7 Eastern on NBC and Peacock. Now I have to say, Sunday night, Ryan Tannehill and the Titans go to L.A. to face Aaron Donald. All right, Paulie, before the commercial break, you uh, teased your take on the Rams. McLovin said that... uh, uh, Nick Wright said they traded too much to get uh, Von Miller. All right, Paul. If you go back to 2016, the Rams' strategy has been to undervalue picks and value players who could play. 
they traded up a lot to get Jared Goff. And when you can question if that worked out or not, they did appear in a Super Bowl with Jared Goff. Okay, they traded for Brandon Cooks. They traded for Sammy Watkins. They traded for Marcus Peters. That worked out for a while. They traded for Aqib Tlaib, and they gave up like third and fourth and fifth rounders for Aqib Tlaib. That worked out for a while. Dante Fowler Jr., that was a calculated risk. They didn't give up much. The big trade was Jalen Ramsey, and they gave up a lot to get him, but he's, I think it's, he's clearly the best defensive back in the league. Yeah. No problem with that trade. They traded two and three for Von Miller, but if you, here's the reason I think the Rams are doing it right. They value players that can help them win now instead of question marks in the draft, which I think is the right way. And also, they're in a position where they can get free agents, where other teams cannot. People would like to play for the Rams. They would like to live in Los Angeles. So while they don't have a lot of draft picks this year and next year, they still have the cachet of being the Rams and being Los Angeles, which helps them over, I think, 90% of the teams in the free agent market. Well, I also think you have to have a great capologist because if you're going to have – you know, like changing parts on the chess board here. Like, who are you bringing in? Who are you getting rid of? What's their salary? What are you on the hook for? The fact that Denver is paying Von Miller's salary, but you did give up a second, third round pick. But, you know, it's two different strategies. Denver is gearing up for Aaron Rodgers. What's he going to cost us? If we trade with Green Bay, if he doesn't want to stay in Green Bay, what's he going to cost us? And if not, then Denver's going to look elsewhere and say, all right, what other quarterback can we make a trade for? Who's going to be available? Is Jimmy Garoppolo going to be there? Is Russell Wilson going to be available? Is Aaron Rodgers going to be available? There's a lot of teams that are going to need quarterbacks. Yeah, Paul. Matthew Stafford trade. The Rams sent two first-round picks and a third-round pick and Jared Goff to the Lions. I find some stories back when it first happened, and people thought the Rams overpaid. That Wow, that's a lot for Matt Stafford, who has never won a playoff game. Jared Goff got you a Super Bowl. That was some of the criticism. You don't hear that very much now. It appears that that trade is working out well. Well, I mean, that relationship was fractured between Jared Goff and Sean McVay. And it just felt like they were holding on for dear life to give the appearance that uh, coach and quarterback were okay with one another. And they weren't and hadn't been, from what I'm told, for quite some time. But... You know, you got to a Super Bowl with Jared Goff. It never felt like he's the reason why you got to the Super Bowl. But this year, you know, if you get to the Super Bowl, it could be because of Matthew Stafford and the offense. It could be because of your defense. It could be because of both. But I think what Nick Wright is saying is, boy, you gave up an awful lot. You're just saying we're not going to build through the draft. There are a lot of teams in, in a lot of different sports who do this. Because you build on potential. You're not quite sure what you're getting as opposed to, I know what I'm getting with Matthew Stafford. I know what I'm going to get with Von Miller. You know, can we, can we wait or use that draft pick for somebody who is going to be coming out of college and then we get a little bit younger? Yeah, you can. I mean, look at Golden State. Golden State has Clay, Draymond, and Steph. But then they intersperse that with some younger talent. The question is, would they give up that young talent to get Bradley Beal to join them? And they probably would. But in the meantime, we have the old and we have the new, and you try to marry those two together. Yes, Eaton? I think the thing with the Rams is when you look at how many first-round draft picks they've just spent at quarterback in the last four or five years, there's like five or six first-rounders. Is their quarterback right now worth six or five or six first-round draft picks? I don't know that he is. If you win a Super Bowl... I mean, it's really, I think it comes down to that because if you get to the Super Bowl and you lose again, 
then do you say, boy, that was successful? Or we would make those trades again. And, and listen to the number of teams that are probably going to need a quarterback next year. Giants, Eagles, Washington football team, maybe the Vikings, Lions, maybe the Falcons, Saints, Panthers, Dolphins, Steelers, maybe the Browns, Texans, Broncos. I'm not going to put the Colts in there because I, I, I do think that Carson Wentz has good numbers. He just had an embarrassing game against the Titans. Um, you know, what happens in Green Bay? What happens in Seattle? That's why when you get your quarterback, then it just, you, you can exhale. These teams that don't have quarterbacks, they're like, we can have a good nucleus around them, but you still don't have a great quarterback. Like if you said, hey, you want the Chiefs problems? I go, yes. If you said I could have the Chiefs problems or the Vikings problems, I'm going to go, I'll sign up for the Chiefs problems. (laughs) Because at the end of the day, I still have Patrick Mahomes. Hey, you can have the Browns problems or the Chiefs. I'll I'll take the Chiefs problems. I mean, that's, that's, that's the trump card with all of this. I mean, the Giants don't have a franchise quarterback. The Eagles don't. Washington football team, them and the Dolphins have been the two biggest disappointments for me this year. The Vikings, I don't think that uh, Kirk D. Cousins is the future there, but I've been saying that every place he goes, he's not the future, and he still gets contracts, guaranteed contracts. Jared Goff, I don't think he's the future. The Falcons with Matt Ryan, maybe. Yeah, I mean that Saint or the um that that owner feels like he's beholden to Matt Ryan. The Saints uh, feels like they def would definitely move on and and try to get someone like Russell Wilson or maybe Garoppolo or Rogers. Like that Sean Payton would want to bring in. You know, when you work with an experienced quarterback, a professional quarterback like Sean, uh, Drew Brees, you know Sean Payton can then you know look at other things to do with the offense. You know, when you have that quarterback who takes care of a lot of this in prep work, and then you bring in somebody like Jameis Winston, who you then have to go back and sort of, you know, guide him through this. You bring in a veteran quarterback, I'm sure you get used to that after, you know, 15, 20 years with somebody. You're going to want to go back to a veteran quarterback. The Dolphins, I don't know what's going to happen with that mess. The Panthers, I don't think Sam Darnold's the long-term. Steelers going to need a quarterback. You know, do the Browns move on unless they get a bargain with Baker Mayfield? Texans, Davis Mills is a nice rookie quarterback, but he's just that, a rookie quarterback. And then the Broncos situation. Yeah, Paul. It's funny that the Patriots are no longer on that list. It feels like the Patriots stumbled into a really good quarterback for their system. And they're off the list of teams that are in play for needing a quarterback, an improvement. He's been the best rookie quarterback. But he... You know, they brought him along slowly. He's with a pretty good team. I thought they were a playoff team. They might still be. But the other quarterbacks are not in great situations here. I mean, Trey Lance is just not ready yet. He's probably in a an equal situation to Mac Jones with the talent with those two teams. But, you know, Justin Fields, you're going to get one highlight and four bad plays. One highlight, four bad plays. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, same way. Zach Wilson. Who knows what Zach Wilson's future is? Mike White, Thursday night. It'll be a whiteout. 
All right, coming up, final hour, Ryan Clark will join us on loan from the mothership. What's he think of the defenses that are being used to stifle, slow down, control the Kansas City Chiefs? Update the poll results, get to phone calls as well. Two hours in the books, one more to go. Seton Pauli, Fritzy McLovin, yours truly. One more item as we close out hour two. This past year has brought a lot of change to our lives. And for some of you, maybe you changed jobs. Maybe you're thinking about retirement. And if that's your situation, listen up. You probably have a lot of questions on your mind. How should you handle retirement accounts? Do you have enough money to retire? Is your portfolio invested appropriately? Retirement is a big step. When it comes to investing for retirement, most people can't afford to make mistakes. Stiefel has been helping clients like you manage investments for over 130 years. Your Stiefel Financial Advisor can help you create a personalized retirement plan, understand your options for claiming Social Security, and implement an investment portfolio designed around your needs. Plus, Stiefel clients have access to Stiefel's award-winning equity research and investment strategy views, so you're going to make more informed decisions regarding your portfolio. Find your Stiefel advisor at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel, Nicholas & Company, Incorporated, member SIPC, NYSE.